Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Night's Lounge Podcast. Enjoy your stay. First off, um, welcome to our first episode of the Night Sounds Podcast. Um, I'm going to be your host, Parzival. Um, I will not reveal my real name because, as we all know, the Dark Lord is out to hunt us all. And I am not joined by a guest today, but I hope to have guests in the future, so I guess we'll put down hold for now. But um, to give you a little bit of an idea of what the podcast is about, if you didn't hear the uh, introduction or I did not mean here okay my tongue is slipping um but if you did not read the introduction to on the uh itunes podcast um this is a, going to be a podcast about basically everything video game anime trading card game stuff like that but uh, this is going to be largely a discussion-based podcast and see we're going to see what we can pull off here um so to get started i thought we would spend our uh, first episode on trading card games because that's what I've currently been doing and uh here where uh we are the current Yu-Gi-Oh uh regionals are coming up uh over in Louisville so I thought I'd go over uh what I'm expecting to see there and what else that I guess everybody can, else can expect to see so first off um I was looking at the list of top decks for Yu-Gi-Oh and I've noticed a big one this year is Cosmos. Um, I've played a bit against Cosmos in the past, but I'm not really sure. I mean, like, it's in second place right now on uh, YuGiOhTopDecks.com, but it's a $300 deck, and normally, and it only has 67 decks on Yu-Gi-Oh! Top Decks compared to Burning Abyss, which is holding the number one place right now, not surprisingly. Uh, with an average price of 472. So, Burning Abyss and Cosmo are, based, are two things to be can expect to win. Um, Monarch Dex currently coming in third um, with an average price of $198. Um, White coming in fourth, Perform Pal, Major Spectre, Metal Foes, Mermail, White Sworn, Quillfort. I'll stop there because. And Heroes actually uh, made its way back up to 15th place, which was something that I did not expect to see this year. Um, I used to run Elementary Hero, uh, Master Hero deck myself, so it's nice to see those cards getting back up on their, there on the charts. Um, as for what I'm running, I'm currently going to be running um, Ritual Beast uh, slash Spiritual Beast. And I'm actually trying to base my deck off of one that won uh, 
third place in Las Vegas regionals, um, I believe earlier this year, um, at, back in October. And the reason why I'm building Ritual Beast is I like two things about them. I like the fact that I don't have to go ahead and spend a bunch of money on them, of course, because the main deck and extra deck, side deck put together are only about 100 bucks, And I bought the core of my deck for about 12 which I think the guy who uh, sold that to me. Um, and it's a really fun deck to play because basically what you have to do is you get out your cards, you combo, you chain them, and you basically just banish everything. And once you banish everything, well... Then you can just give everything back from Banishing back onto the field. You just start searching stuff out. So um, I thought I'd go over a bit of how Ritual Beast uh, work in this uh, podcast episode and look at some other decks later on the episode. But first off, um, so Ritual Beasts. Ritual Beasts rely on um, four Tamers and then um, four s- Spiritual Beasts. Um, Ritual Beast Tamer Elder. Laura, Verwindy are going to be your main tamers, whereas Spiritual Beast, Apelio, Canahawks, Petalfin, and Rampingu are going to be your actual Spiritual Beast, and those are the cards that you're going to be actually doing a bit of fighting with and using their effects, as well as the tamers. Um, so what are your... So, first to go over Elder, because it's arguably one of the most important cards in the whole deck, um, besides Ulti Canahawk, which I'll go over later. But... Um, so Ritual Beast Tamer Elder is a, it's a level 2 monster, its attack is 200, its defense is 1000, but after you normal summon this card, you can normal summon one Ritual Beast monster during your main phase of this turn in addition to the normal summon set. So um, basically it allows you to get two monsters out on the field at once, which is really nice if you're setting up a fusion summon, because this way, if you draw to you can get up an instant fusion, you can get that search going for multi Hawk, and it's a really nice startup to that deck. Um... Laura. Laura is a bit of an interesting card. Um, basically, if Laura is normal summoned, you can target one Ritual Beast monster in your graveyard, special summon it. You can only special summon one card by that effect once per turn. Um, this is one of your later game cards. I mean, you can put it out early game if absolutely need be and you don't draw anything else because it has... 2000 defense and it's a level one for some reason don't ask me i didn't decide that um just seems a bit odd but that's a really useful effect once you start getting stuff from banished back into the graveyard then you can roll out the laras and start getting things going um virtual beast tamer win this one i'm not sure if i'm actually running in my deck because um if this card is normal summon, you can target one of your banished ritual beast monsters, special summon it. You can only special summon ritual beast tamer wins once per turn. So, just of this card, fish out your banished stuff without having to add it back to the graveyard. Um, this is also more of a turn two card because, I mean, your first turn is going to mainly be based on getting your Aussie Canna Hawk out and getting anything else done that you need so that you can pull off combos later on and do stuff like that. Um, it's a cheap card. I mean, all these cards in my deck are pretty cheap. Like, the the main deck is 36 bucks. Now, the extra deck's a different story because um, it contains Evil Swarm, Excited Night, which is an $8 card. Levere's an $8 card. 
Lightning, Chidori, Yagi, Yaga, Cowboy, and Avisol are like four to one dollar cards. And then uh, Ulti, Gaia Pelio, which I'll go over later, is about um, four bucks. But um, so uh, uh, Spiritual Boost Pelio lets you uh, like banish one, add 500 attack. Canahawk, uh, Canahawk's a useful card. Um, I'll actually read its effect off. Once per turn, you can banish one Ritual Beast card from your deck face up. During your second standby phase after this card effects activation, add the card banished by your effect to this hand. So, this is essentially your, I'm going to fish this out later, or I'm going to fish it out sooner. And it lets you get a lot more stuff banished, because then you're going to be pulling stuff out from banished from Ulticana Hawk and stuff like that. And, um, it's what, Kana Hawk's going to be, Kana Hawk and Ulticana Hawk are going to be two of the most important cards in the deck, by far. Um, Spiritual Beast Petalfin, um, Petalfin's a very useful card if you're trying to get rid of something. Because once per turn, you can banish one Ritual Beast monster from your hand, then target one card your opponent controls, return it to the hand. Very useful. Um, especially if your opponent only has one strong monster, it's like, okay, you're going back to the hand. And I mean, like, if you send that out in, like, say, because I know I'm going to see ABC Dragon Busters and Regionals, of course. Why are we not going to see ABC Dragon Busters and Regionals? Um... But I think we can decide to use Petalfin, arguably, to get rid of that. Because that'll send it right back to the extra deck and do whatever I need to to get rid of it. And I'm pretty sure by its card effect, I'm not absolutely sure. I'll have to go look this up later and may include it in the description. But um, I'm pretty sure the card effects from uh, Fusion Summoning ABC stay in Graveyard. So that's your anti-ABC card. Um... Spiritual Beast Rampangu is another interesting one. And this was the last of the Spiritual Beast I'll go over. But, um, once per turn you can manage one Ritual Beast monster from your extra deck and send one Ritual Beast monster of the same type as that monster from your deck to the graveyard. You can only special summon Spiritual Beast Rampangus once per turn. Yeah. Um... I'm never exactly sure why this needs to be a card, because honestly, the only use I can see for it is if you're fishing something back out from Banish, like, because you're having to banish one original beast monster from your extra deck, which might as well be, like, um, let's say Gaia Pelia, which is, uh, 3200 attack. And then you're sending one from your deck to the graveyard. I may, I guess that makes sense if you're running Gold Sarcophagus, but... I don't know. I'm not running Gold Sarcophagus myself because I find it only takes up space in my deck, so... Alright, moving on to spells. Book of Moon is a must because we all know Book of Moon is an extremely useful card going to be this regionals. Um, Dimensional Fissure is also a must because that's your banishing. Emergency Teleport, dead useful for getting stuff out early on. Ritual Beast Bond. Um, this is one of the cornerstone cards. Banish two Ritual Beast monsters you control. Special summon one Ritual Beast monster from your extra deck, ignoring its summoning conditions. Very useful if you don't have exact exactly the useful cards for summoning, or if you want to banish two and get two back eventually. Um, moving on, Soul Charge, of course. 
Free Upstart Goblin for emergency getting stuff, but this deck can actually OTK most other stuff if it isn't moving fast enough. So it's okay for that. Two Phoenix Chain, one Macrocosmos for more Banish, two Mirror Force for uh, destruction of necessary stuffs or cards, whatever you want to call them. Um, Ring of Destruction, just running as a general all-round. Um, trying to figure out... Hold on, my bad. Uh, yeah, Ring of Destruction is a useful defense card. Um, two more Cornerstone cards are Ritual Ambush and Ritual Beast Steeds. Um, Ritual Beast Ambush, target one of your Ritual Beast Monster Tamer Monsters and one of your Spiritual Beast Monsters that are banished anywhere in your graveyard. Special summon them defense position. And after this card is activated, you cannot special summon monsters except virtual beast monsters for the rest of the rest of this turn. So you can actually activate this card on your opponent's turn just to block them from special summoning stuff. So it's a very it's very useful. Um Steeds is kind of a fun card as well. Um if I control a virtual beast monster, um Destroy monsters on the field up to the number of Ritual Beast monsters I currently control. Very useful. Um, Solemn Warning is a must because, albeit paying 2,000 life points to take down something early game that can um, open up a one OTK chance. Torrential Tribute, just all-around good card. Um, running two Trap Stones because uh, Trap Stones can uh, be useful for getting around stuff. And uh, vanity, running a Vanity is emptiness because more Banish. Actually, no. vanities. my bad. I got that mixed up with Macrocosmos. Um, but basically, Vanity is emptiness. Like, all the decks are almost meaning because Nero player can special some monsters. But if a card is sent from deck to... Or, or the field to your graveyard, destroy this card. So... It's a useful card. It may not sound useful, but there's actually more uses in this for countering the decks as regionals than I thought there would be, or I ever thought there would be for that matter, so, uh, that's that. Um, alright, but, um, like I was saying, back to Fusion Monsters, um, so, Ritual Beast Ultiabellio, ultra useful in terms of heavy hitting stuff, must be special summoned, and all of these, um, I'll go and say this. All of these fusion monsters must be special summoned by banishing cards you control. And do not use polymerization. So you have no need to run those three cards and they can't be negated and stuff like that. Um, special summons, however, can be negated. So that's a bit of a worry. Um, so if Ultipolio attacks, it is unaffected by ever cards effects until the end of the damage step. And during either player's turn, you can return this card you control to the extra deck, then target two of your banished uh, monsters, one Ritual Beast Tamer, and one Spiritual Beast Monster in Special Summon them Defense Position. Getting more stuff out on the field. Yeah, that, that's one of your, um, that's going to be one of your heavy hitter cards if you're running, uh, Ritual Beasts. And now for the big one, Ulti Canahawk. Yeah, this one's, this one the deck relies on to win. <laughs> So, it must be Special Summon with one Ritual Beast Tamer and one Spiritual Beast, like I said, and does not use Polymerization. And once per turn, you can target two of your banished Ritual Beast monsters. This is why you um, are going to be banishing a ton of stuff and return them to the graveyard if you do. Add one Ritual Beast card from your deck to your hand. 
During either player's turn, you can return this card you control to the extra deck and target two of your banished monsters, one ritual beast tamer and one spiritual beast monster, special summon the fence position. Um, I believe Ulti Ganok and Ulti Apelio share the uh, the defuse target to and uh, banished and stuff like that. Um, and the first effect actually isn't uh, mandatory. You can actually just choose to target two of them and add them back to the graveyard. And that's going to be... Um, you can actually fish stuff out from the graveyard with Endeavor card. If I remember correctly, I'm thinking it was a win. Um, no, win was not it, but, um, anyway. So, this is your defuse chain again, defuse, refuse, chain, defuse, chain, yeah, that, that's your, that's your big chain. Um, Ritual Beast Ulti Guy Pelio is another one of your big hitter cards. This one requires Ritual Beast Ulti, some Ulti pre, or su prefix, yeah, monster, one Ritual Beast Tamer monster, and then one is Spiritual Beast monster. Must be special summoned again by banishing above cards and cannot be summoned using polymerization. And this one has a bit of a weird effect. Um, during either player's turn, when a spell trap card or monster card effect is activated, you can banish one ritual beast card from your hand. Negate the activation if you do destroy it. That will prevent your opponent from pulling out a lot of stuff. Because it just negates it and destroys it. And, um... You don't actually have to use that only once per turn. You can just banish, 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 banish and unlimitedly. And it basically gives you infinite ammo as long as you still have stuff in your deck. Um, and those are actually a bit of a pricey card. I'm only running one of those because they're like four bucks a piece. And their high was at one point like 52 bucks. So that's the reason I'm only running uh, one of those. And for the final fusion monster, Ulti Petalthin, um... Ulti Petalfin is similar to Petalfin, but it cannot be destroyed by card effects, and during your player's turn, you can return this card to your control, target two of banished monsters, and special summon them into defense position. And this card's defense is 2,800, so this will block some of the stuff that your opponent tries to throw at you, and it cannot be destroyed by card effects, so basically, it's a wa this is your team's wall. It's just there to be there. <laughs> Alright, um... There's a few other XYZ monsters in the extra deck. Abus Dweller, Evil Swarm Mexican Knight, um, Gaga Gaga Cowboy Lavare, Lightning Jadori. I'm not going to bother going over those because I'm only running... Um, I'm running Gaga Gaga Cowboy. I'm running Lightning Jadori. I think I'm running Abus. I'm not running any of the other ones. What I really want to look at is the uh, side deck because the side deck holds a lot of keys. The side deck in this deck is actually really important because it holds a lot of keys trying to deal with stuff that your deck normally wouldn't be able to handle if it was only in the main deck. Um, so first off, I'm going to look at Artifact Lancia. Artifact Lancia is a uh, it's a level 5 monster. It's fairy effect. You can set this card during your hand to the spell and trap card and as a spell card. During your opponent's turn, if this set card in the spell and trap card is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, special summon it. Um... During your opponent's turn, you can tribute this card from your hand or face up beside the field. Neither player can banish cards for the rest of this turn. Essentially, um, make sure that your opponent doesn't isn't able to do stuff. Um, it's running Effect Veiler, of course, because Effect Veiler is going to be like run in every single deck, although I'm not actually running any. Um, Flying Seeds running free. I am running free Flying Seeds for uh, just crowding off my opponent's board. 
Um, I'm running. No, I'm not running any maxis, unfortunately, because they're too expensive. I'm working on a budget. Um, I'm not running retaliating seas either, because I'm not a, actually a big fan of retaliating seas. Um, I am running two mystical space typhoons in my extra deck. Um, just for countering continuous stuff that might be put on the field if I see a lot of it happening. I'm also running a uh, Objama Trio just to make sure that I have tokens and stuff for maybe uh, XYZ or whatever I end up needing them for. And that is essentially the deck that I'm going to be running in regionals. Um, it's not an expensive deck to run. If you're new to the game, I would highly recommend running it. Um, first, look up all the combos that you can pull off it and understand what you're doing because if you head into this deck and just build it off an internet site, you're going to be really, really confused because this card is a lot of fine print. And it's kind of interesting because I've seen a lot of players playing Yu-Gi-Oh that they'll like look at a card and then they'll shove it back and it's like five seconds and they haven't read it at all. And when you pull an effect, they're just like, wait, how can, how can I do that? And they didn't bother reading in the first place. So just remember that's not your fault if that ends up happening. All right, um, thanks for listening. If the this is your first time hearing about Yu-Gi-Oh or any other training card game. We're going to be discussing a lot of them in the show. I'd highly recommend uh, trying one out. Uh, Pokemon's probably my favorite. Um, it's more likely the cheapest one to get into. It's probably also the easiest to play out of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, and Magic. Um, I've not actually played Force of Will, so I couldn't speak for that if I wanted to. I'm not trying to give a false opinion or anything. And... Really though, once you get in, once you play one and you look at all the others, it's just based on personal preference. So that's your choice. I do apologize for saying um so much in this podcast and having horrible mic quality because I don't have a better mic yet. Um, I'm going to try to put up a better donation or like a donation link thing soon just to see if I can pull that off. And um, if you're wondering what why the name of this podcast is Night's Lounge? Um, I'm actually from a card shop in uh, Kentucky called Night's Lounge. If you're in the area, come check it out. It's a fun place to make, play trading card games and really any type of game if you bring it in there. Uh, they do serve food and drinks, so you can come in there and get some body as well. And uh, thanks for watching. Uh, I'm going to try to post a new episode every Thursday. I'm not sure if I'll actually be able to do so, but I'll try at least once a week. So uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye.